Um, but, you know, it's so, so good to be with you guys. It's so good to get into the Word and so good just to start off this summer on a positive, fresh, inspiring uh, note. And uh, for also those that don't know, uh, Trenton got baptized last week. Definitely get to know him uh, and Shauna. They're an incredible, just incredible friends. And I'm just so excited to see what God's going to do in their lives uh, in the future. But, you know, it's just a, a great time to worship. I know some people are out camping and doing all the summer activities, but we... Uh, you know, we really get an awesome opportunity today to look at God's word and to really uh, just be inspired. You know, uh, it's funny because uh, when I was younger, I grew up in the church. I, uh, I didn't really appreciate the Bible as much as I should have. You know, I was I read it a lot and I knew the stories, but it kind of kind of got a little dull and, and kind of wasn't exciting the way I I wanted it to be. And, you know, and as I became a disciple and I've grown more and I've been able just to to be around other Christians in other other parts of the country and the world, I've really seen how valuable God's word is, how it truly is a treasure. It truly is something so incredible. You know, it's something that uh, has brought us from darkness to light. It's something that's given, given us the forgiveness of our sins. It's something that's shown us God's truth and how he really thinks about us instead of what we think about ourselves, which isn't always true, you know. Uh, but you know, I'm just super excited to uh, share a little bit today about uh, what I learned down in Atlanta at uh, the campus training program down in the North River Church, uh, and also uh, just kind of share a vision, share a dream uh, as far as what we can do this summer together as a family, uh, family in Christ, and how God's kingdom is a kingdom not of uh, it, it's really a kingdom full of power not just talk, you know, and so I'm excited. Hopefully God can put something on your heart today after this sermon of what you want to go home and really meditate on and, and just put before God in prayer and watch him work. And so with that, uh, you know, let's, let's say a quick prayer and then we'll jump right into the, to the message today. Dear Father God, we, we come before you humbly. We thank you for just being a part of our lives, God, just for being the, the one that gave us everything, Lord. Every breath we have, every, every hair on our head, you know it, God. You, you understand our, our deepest thoughts, and you've put us together in, in our mother's womb, even before we were a, a thought, God. We, we're so grateful to know you and so grateful to, to make you known, God. We pray that today we can grow in our zeal, God. We can grow in our convictions, God. We can grow in, in our, our levels of joy, Lord, because of what you've done for us and and because of who you are and who you've made us to be. Dear Lord, we love you, and in your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 You know, one thing that uh, I learned this past weekend is uh, at the campus training program in Atlanta was to always be prepared. Um, you know, always be ready, because you never know what's coming around the next corner. You know, there's something that uh, Tom Brown, he's, a, he's actually, he's that guy right there. Um, he's, a, he's a great, great brother in Christ, um, and he... I believe he was actually in Colorado at the same time that um, our dear sister Teresa was, which is incredible. But, you know, one thing that I learned uh, from this trip was, you know, there's a lot more pictures. We had a lot of classes. There was over, like, 300 college students from all over the country there just eager to learn and to grow. And uh, one of Glenn's great friends, Chris, was preaching the word as well. Uh, he came down from Chicago, and 
talked a lot about discipleship and, and, and being disciples who make disciples and, and really loving God. And, and then, you know, this was a couple of us. We came back on the road trip. Uh, that's Weldon, a brother that just got baptized in Boston. Uh, and uh, he, came, he came on the trip back with us. But, you know, it was just an incredible time. And, um, you know, one thing I learned was to always be prepared. You know, when we first got there, we sat down in the room. Uh, the first thing they said is, always have four things to be prepared. You know, be prepared to, to sing a song. I was like, whoa, sing a song? I don't even know if I'm in tune. That, that might not be good. Uh, you know, but to, to share your conversion story, you know, in two minutes or less. I was like, whoa, I got to think about that. Um, you know, to, to have a scripture to do the welcome, to, to welcome each other with God's word, you know, and, and those four things were like, wow, like, on the spot, they would just be like, all right, bro, you ready to sing a song? You ready to do the welcome? I was like sitting in the back row, like, don't pick me, don't pick me. Um, but it really, it was just a contagious, a contagious atmosphere of always being prepared to do whatever God puts on your heart. You know, it was incredible. And um, I think that, you know, we, you know, with getting to, to talk to Tom, just talking to people who were, who've just laid the foundation uh, for our movement in incredible ways, really, um, it helped us, helped me to gain a global perspective on what we're actually doing uh, in Portland, you know, and how we are connected to the rest of the world, which is so incredible. We got a chance to build new friendships, uh, really just to grow, grow in our zeal. Um, it was so cool seeing Jared out there just talking to different people. Uh, like he said, he's got 25 new best friends, so, you know, I'm gonna, uh, he's, he's connected, but, you know, went on, went on a lot of dates, which was fun, uh, got to meet a lot of people, uh, we share our faith on campus, we got kicked off campus because we were too fired up for God, um, there was like 300 of us on top of a, on top of a, uh, parking garage, and we were all jumping around, and the, the police was like, why is the structure shaking? Let's go see what's happening up there. Um, we were doing a, like, a, like an, a spiritual Olympics game where we were just, we did some crazy stuff where we had to like go through the entire Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation as a team, and whatever team finished it first would, would win. You know, then we, then we had to do like 500 push-ups, and whatever team finished that first would, would win. You know, it was just crazy, wacky stuff, uh, just and we were just hype over every little thing. It was so, so crazy. But uh, you might be wondering what this has to do with, with us today. But, you know, today, all this, I share all this just to inspire you guys and remind you guys that, you know, now is the time to reconcile. You know, this was the, the dominant spiritual thought that I really got out of this past weekend was now is the time to reconcile. And so today we're going to we're going to look uh, at a passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 uh, through chapter 6. So if you can, definitely turn your Bibles there. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, we'll start in verse 11. And uh, we will definitely uh, read God's word today. And it's, it's right after uh, 1 Corinthians, in case, just to give you a little pointer there. So... So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. If you don't have a Bible, you can just share with somebody who's sitting next to you. Uh, but this is what God's word reads. We see Paul here talking to the church in Corinth, and, and he says, Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. 
For we are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that we so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. But if we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's or people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. And God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. And now is the day of salvation. You know, let's just stop there. But this is an incredible passage of scripture that, you know, when I first got baptized, verse 14 was the first verse in the Bible that I memorized. Uh, Christ's love being our motivation, Christ's love being why we, why we sacrifice, why we persevere, why we endure hardship, why we deny ourselves daily. It's because look what Jesus did. If he did that, if he suffered, if he was beaten, of course, anything in comparison, it doesn't even match up. But as I've grown as a Christian, I've realized more and more what my role is. You know, uh, how do I transfer Christ's love being my motivation and so who am I? What am I doing on this earth? What, how do I take Christ's love and share that with people? How do I use that to be transformed? You know, that's something I've had to learn and grow in the past couple years. But, you know, point number one is know your role. Know your role. Um, in, in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1, we, in this entire passage, we just see Paul. If, I encourage you, read the entire chapter Read chapter 5, read chapter 6, read chapter 7, because you really just get sucked into seeing how much Paul loves the body of Christ, how much he really puts his heart out on his sleeve for them, how much he just, you know, freely gives his heart and speaks to them because he cares more about their eternal salvation than their comfort, you know. You can clearly see that uh, in the next couple chapters, but you know, Paul says that we are God's co-workers. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1, we are God's co-workers. I don't know about you, but that's crazy. I don't know if you've ever had a co-worker before. Amen. Maybe you have. I, I definitely have. I've had a couple of co-workers, uh, more than a couple. And let's just say my co-workers in the past, I worked at a car wash when I was in high school. 
Uh, that was an interesting job. Um, I, yeah, right? Uh, I was wiping the bugs off the front of the cars, you know, just getting there, you know, having the soap. My hands would be all destroyed when I got home and water in my shoes just from the spray gun, you know, just cleaning the cars. But, you know, then I, I, I delivered hay uh, and feed for horses. Uh, that was humbling. Had to carry like 50 pound barrels and load up a big old truck and then drive and try not to hit people while I was driving and try not to run into horses and gates and just so many obstacles uh, came my way. And then I came up uh, here, I worked at a call center uh, with, with our brother Seth and Tim over in the, in the left corner there. That was definitely an adventure, uh, I'll never forget. But we had coworkers and you know we had people to help us, but let's just say I've had some interesting experience with coworkers. It, it hasn't always been the most encouraging experience. It's been an experience where it's like, you know, just get the job done. And there's a lot of, there was a lot of sin, there's a lot of drama, there's a lot of discouragement, a lot, you just see the worst sides of people when they're out in the hot, sweaty sun, you know, or you're, it's raining, pouring down, and you're in the mud, and you have to carry these barrels of hay, and your, your coworker's in the truck, he's like, let's go, let's go, let's go, and you're just running through the mud, just, you know, or, or you're at, you're on the call center, and you're talking to people, and you look at your coworker, and He's just doing some crazy stuff. And you're like, what is going on? What, what job am I at? I have no idea. You know, that, that's, that's my experience with coworkers. But here, <coughs> Paul says that God is our coworker. He's the best coworker ever. He's like an incredible coworker. He's not just our Lord as disciples, but he's our friend. You know, he, he wants to be our friend. And, and he's incredibly incredible because we get to work with him we we have the same authority as that you know that jesus had because of the holy spirit no we are cleansed we when god looks at us he sees jesus so he sees us as his children you know so what we get to do is we get to be christ's ambassadors in this city like we get that privilege i don't know if you guys realize what kind of a privilege that is. We get to represent the God of heaven, the God that created everything. We get to say, hey, do you know this guy named Jesus? Because he can change your life. He changed mine. I want to share that with you right now. I want to help you understand that you need to be reconciled back to him. And you got God with you working with you as you share that message and you put that on people's hearts. Like, I don't know about you guys, but that encourages me. Amen. I'm not alone. I don't have to help restore people's relationships back to God by myself. I have God within me. I have God guiding me through his word. You know, uh, uh, you know it just there's so much that we have that sometimes it's easy to forget. You know, it's funny because one time I, I used to play intramural football down at uh, Miami uh, in my college, and I had two guys that was on our team, and they were both, like, uh, tight ends. They were, one went to the NFL, one was going to go, but he tore his ACL, so that kind of messed him up. But uh, I was a quarterback, and I had two, like, tall towers. They were, like, 6'5", guys, super strong, like, I don't know, like two, 260, uh, basically all muscle. And all I did was drop back, and I just threw the ball up, and they would just catch it over everybody. And that's why we won the championship. And I was feeling really good about myself. I'm like, you know, 
I'm, I'm a great quarterback, you know? <laughs> I was just feeling like, man, why didn't I play D1 college football? Why am I playing intramurals? I don't know. But it was so encouraging. And my confidence rose, because I would just throw the ball up, and they just do all the work. You know, they make me look good. And I was just like, yes, let's go. But I should have remembered that it was really their effort that, that helped me grow, that helped us win the championship. Uh, but, you know, it's funny because when I realized they were on my team, my confidence grew and I worked harder and I played the best I ever played. And isn't that the same way with God? Isn't he the one who's on our team? And we just got to remember that he's there with us doing all the heavy lifting. He's there. He's going he's gonna to turn our fears and our failures into victories. He just wants us to throw the ball up to him. You know, he does, it's funny why they call that, that play a Hail Mary. Um, it's where they throw the ball up. And Aaron Rodgers is famous for this, if there's any Packers fans here. Ho- hopefully not. No, we, we love the Packers fans. But it's, you're just throwing it up there to, to your best player. And in the same way, like, when we get to work with God, let's just throw up these prayers to God. Let's just throw up these dreams that God's put on our heart to him. Let's, th- let's throw away our fear and be like, God is with me. I got this. And let's be confident and knowing that we can help people. You know, to reconcile means to really restore a relationship. It's to restore a friendship. It's to restore a, a unity between two people. And if, when I look at it, you know, if you ever had an argument or a disagreement with a friend, it's like, oh, man, you got to re- get reconciled. I don't know if you've ever bumped heads with a loved one before, but it happens. Family is messy. Whether it's, you know, a, a wife, a, a girlfriend, a, a brother, a sister, a, you know, a, a nephew, whatever it is, like, sometimes you bump heads, um, but you always come back and you talk about it. You always come back and say, hey, I apologize. I didn't mean to do this. That's, that's reconciling, you know, and I've had to reconcile with a lot of people um, because, but I'm just so grateful for the patience that others have had with me. And now I get to have that with everybody in this city. You know, as I look at them and say, you know what? God is on my team. He's going to help them. And he's going to use me to help many souls come to Christ. The question is, do you believe that? You know, the question question is, do you believe that God wants to use you? Mm -hmm. That you really are God's coworker? That you are Christ's ambassador? Because if you don't believe it, you won't live it. So do you believe it? If so, let's live it out this summer. You know, let's live it out for the rest of our lives. Let's be together and remember that we are on God's team. And, and let's not be, not chill. You know, let's not be lazy. You know, let's not just be like, oh, God's got everything. I'll just kick back and eat, drink, and be merry like the rich fool. Right? Let's not do that. But let's work even harder. What is verse, the, verse 1 says? As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. So don't just be like, oh, God's so gracious. He'll do his thing, and I'll just witness it all. Like, no, work with God. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Like, go after setting spiritual goals. Go after doing things that even push you. You know, I love Ignatius. He's an awesome brother in the church, and one thing he does is called B90X. It basically means... It's, I don't know if you've heard of P90X. It's like a, a fitness thing. But he takes the Bible and he takes 90 days and just reads through the whole thing. Wow. He's, he's done that once before. And he was talking about maybe starting that up again this summer. Mm-hmm. So 
I, I was more like, whoa, bro, that's that's radical. You know, that's awesome. That's what that's what I need. You know, uh, and and now is the time for that. Now is the time to really persuade others to get good at that. You know, I'm not naturally a persuader. I'm naturally a, a complier. I'm just like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. You know, that's that's who I am. I don't like sales. I don't like convincing people that the Patriots are the best. I just say, look at the stats. <laughs> I mean, look at the rings. Like, that's, that's what I do. I, I, I'm just, I'm a very black and white person. Um, but we gotta get good. We gotta get good at putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations because God is with us and he wants to use us, amen? amen. You know, point number two as we uh, continue is... In, Engage for souls. Number one is know your role. And number two is engage for souls. In verse two, it says, Paul quotes a scripture uh, from the book of Isaiah. But he says, I tell you that now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You know, I read this passage and I was very convicted because I was like, I have a tendency to put off things that are good for me today and say, I'll do it tomorrow. Uh, I, have a, I have a tendency to do that because it's so much easier just to, to not worry about certain things. But when it comes to helping others know Jesus, man, we can't put that off one more day because we don't know what tomorrow holds. You know, Paul was urgent about the ministry of reconciliation. He was urgent about the mission of Jesus. He's like, I saw Jesus on the road to Damascus, and now I can't stop teaching and preaching about Jesus. He would go into cities and temples and synagogues and get you know, yelled at and stoned, and then he, he'd nearly get beaten, and then he would go back in to the same area and continue to preach, hoping that there were some open hearts that he was going to find in those crowds. Like He didn't let fear stop him. He, he realized that now is the day of salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. Amen. And Paul was urgent. And my question to you guys is, man, we need to be just as urgent. And if not, what's stopping us? You know, what's, what's holding us back from taking the gospel to the people that we interact with on a daily basis? You know, I, I don't want to just be convicting because God's word is definitely convicting but I want to be inspiring, too. You know, the, the, the church in North River, they're an incredible, uh, incredible church down in Atlanta where I was this past week. And they've had um, over 200 baptisms in the past three years on their campuses. Amen. I mean, it's a few different campuses. Uh, I think it's like KSU, Kennesaw State University, um, Emory University, Georgia Tech. Uh, I think it's Life University. Just four or five different campuses. And they've just been like crazy, going crazy for God down there. And why? Because they believe that now is the day of salvation. Now is their time. And, and now is our time as well. Amen. You know, now, I mean, what are, what are we waiting for? You know, um, it's funny because sometimes we can, we can think less of ourselves. We can think, oh, I'm just going through my life. I'm just going to school, I'm going to work. But really, that limits God. That limits what God can do through you. You know, to, as I think about the church down there, is they, they share their faith everywhere they go. 
Uh, if they're students or if they're not students, they're like, hey, I'm, I'm in this gas station. I'm sharing my faith. I'm in Chick-fil-A. I'm going to share my faith. Um, I'm at this place. I'm sharing my faith. Like, they don't let each other leave the restaurant unless somebody shared with, uh, with the waiter, with the waitress. They don't let somebody leave an interaction unless somebody's connected them. Unless somebody said, hey, you got to get to know this guy, Jesus. When, when do you want to get to know him? You know, one thing that a brother named Jordan Massey does is every time he shares his faith, he doesn't invite people to church. He says, do you want to get to know Jesus? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. People up here are like, Jesus, that's, that's weird. It's because it's powerful. That's why it's weird. You know, and I want to encourage you to, to do that. You know, find a way that pushes you past your, your uncomfort, uncomfortability. You know, sometimes I'm just going to read a, a few little practicals of ways that I can lose sight on helping others know Christ, uh, on helping reconcile people. Sometimes I get too comfortable, right? Sometimes I can see, wow, look at all these people in church. And so it makes me feel like we're growing, but I'm not really setting up Bible studies. You know, I'm not really sharing the, ske- the seeds of faith. You know, sometimes I can just get distracted and be like so excited about Super Bowl Sunday or a camping trip or, you know, going hiking. But I'm not focused on souls. I'm not engaged in the battle for souls. Like, there's good things, and Maine is the way life should be, right? It's adventure and vacation land. But it's only that because we know Christ. Without Christ, there is no vacation land. There is no heaven. So let's not lose sight of why we're here. You know, why did, why did we come up? Why did we move here? Why did we say Jesus is Lord? It's because we fell in love with him. And as disciples, now it's our job to help others know him. It, you know, you can do it the way you like to do it. You can do it with your style. You can do it with who you are. You don't have to be somebody you're not. Right. But be God's coworker. You know, don't, don't get clock in. You know, don't, don't get fired from being God's coworker. You know, that wouldn't be encouraging. You know, uh, yeah, it's a crazy story, but I'll save that for later. Um, be God's coworker. Go after it. Have fun doing it. You know, there's, there's too much fear that we live by. There's too much fearing of what other people think of us. Man, I can't share my faith because what if, what if they say no? What if, what if they laugh at me? What if they think I'm weird? Those are the thoughts that go through our heads sometimes. We don't like being different. But Paul, Jesus, they were definitely different. They were so different that we're talking about them thousands of years later. What kind of a legacy do you want to leave? Do you want to just be someone who goes through life just in a routine way? Or do you want to be somebody that is a world changer? Do you want to be somebody that can help souls that can create a movement that can change the world. You know, we used to have a saying in our churches, and kind of go like this, um, are you willing to go anywhere, do anything, and give up everything for Jesus? That's what we used to be like. Now, I want to just call us to, to being radical again like that. Luke 14, you could just jot that down. It says, you know, it says we got to be willing to give up everything to follow Jesus. Whether that's our image, our, our pride, uh, our self-worth. Like everything Jesus gives us, it's his. 
So let's use it for him. Maybe it's a talent. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's a possession. Maybe it's a career path that God has blessed us with. How can we use that for him? Let's not keep these things to ourselves because that's how we can grow comfortable. That's how the excuses can start to come. You know, oftentimes things that I've heard people say is, well, it's just not my gift to help, to be an ambassador of Christ, to be God's glory. It's not my gift to share my faith. I just get too anxious. I worry. You know, I don't like strangers. I'm, I'm a little too awkward. You know, I, I stutter sometimes. But I want to inspire you guys because God likes to use the things that are different, the things that don't make sense yep. to do miracles in this world. Amen. So if, if you've ever said any of those things or if you don't feel like a, somebody who can bring another soul to Christ, then you're the perfect person to change this world. Because yeah. God wants to use you. God wants to take the lowly things of this world, all of us in this room, and make us great. You know, it's, it's never an inconvenience to interrupt someone to share with them about Jesus. Never. Sometimes I used to think, man, I don't want to interrupt that guy. He's on his, t- his cell phone. Or he looks like he's studying really hard. But if I look back and I, and I think, man, it was, so, it was a very big inconvenience when, when somebody shared their faith with me, I would never say that. No. I would be like, you know what? I'm so grateful that that guy came up to me when I was at the water fountain and gave me a chance to know Jesus. You know, I would, that, that's, that's the reality. But sometimes we can, we can let these, these false truths come into our head and tell us otherwise. It's never an inconvenience to help someone know Jesus, no matter what, where you're at. You know, one thing we did is uh, we practiced our conversion stories in 30 seconds, one minute, two minute, and 10 minute increments. So we would literally say, all right, you're in an elevator right now, and it just broke down, and you're with somebody. Do you have a two minute conversion story ready to go? Or it's 10 minutes before your, your lunch break ends at work, or sorry, it's 30 seconds before your lunch break ends at work, do you have a conversion story ready to share with your coworker? All right, you're at the gas station and, and you, you're talking to someone for a minute. Do you have a conversion story that can inspire them, that can show them that you, you're just like them? You know, you're, you're lost, or that you were lost, that you were broken, that you were abandoned, that you were hurt, but yet you didn't let that stop you from coming to know Christ Amen. and giving them hope. It's, it's not about us. It's not about our image. It's not about how weird or insignificant or even how good we think we are. It's about giving somebody else hope. Amen. That's what we got to be ready to do. Amen. It's such a privilege to share the gospel. It's such a privilege. I, there was a class on perseverance, and there was a brother sharing how, about having a, a, like a forehead of flint, you know, being, yeah. being tough and, and never giving up. You know, he said in, you know, like he wants to see all of our faces make it to heaven. And um, we look at what Paul went through, beatings, persecution, famine, shipwreck, nakedness, being endangered by, by bandits and robbers. Like, Paul went through all of this. And we get the privilege to suffer with Jesus. We get the privilege to suffer like Paul suffered. You know, do we see it as a privilege? You know, 
I want to encourage, I want to call you guys to suffer with me this summer as I go share my faith. I want to call you guys to be willing to be uncomfortable because that's the only way we're going to grow as a church. You know, I want to call you guys to be willing to do anything for the sake of Jesus. It's, it's not an easy life, but it's the best life ever. You know, naturally, I'm an introvert. I'm, I'm driven by fear. I'm a people pleaser. I would never want to talk to someone I don't know. Never. I just hate it. I, I feel like I'm getting on a roller coaster. Like, my heart beats so fast. And I'm just like, uh, who's the least intimidating person? Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, her. You know, that's what I do. Because it's not, it's not natural for me. But being a Christian is not natural. It's supernatural. You know, it's, it's not who you are. It's who he is. That's what can motivate you. That's what can help you. You know, if there was, if there was like a little tunnel um, that just took me from my, my work or my school back to my bedroom every day, I would take that tunnel every time. So that way I wouldn't have to talk to people. Because I, I don't like naturally talking to people. It, it, it makes me feel like I have to do something. But even the most introverted person, even the most fear-driven person can be a world changer. Overcome your fear by doing something that's going to push you. Whether it's one conversation a day. Maybe it's, I'm praying for open hearts this summer. I'm praying that God does all the work and he just puts me in the right place to open my mouth at just the right time. Like Paul did with Lydia. You know, what is it that, how is it that God is going to use you? You know, I want to lift up my mom real quick. Uh, I love my mom. She's incredible. I wasn't able to be with her on Mother's Day because she was encouraging her mom, which just shows how awesome and incredible she is and how she thinks about others first. Uh, but my mom is a people person. You know, my mom loves people. She's like, let me get time with you, please. You know, let's pray. Let's, let's do this. Let's go here. She writes the most incredible encouragement cards to people. She, she'll give gifts. Like, I don't know what gift God has given her, but it's, it's incredible. And I have to, I might not be like my mom, you know, but I can choose to be like my mom because of Jesus. You know, like we, you know, when I shared my faith with, uh, with Coma, you know, at the water fountain, I was scared and I didn't even do it. Stefan did it, but I was just with him. I was like, man, what is this guy going to say? Like, maybe, maybe he thinks he's already a Christian. Maybe he's, you know, thinks he's got his life together. I didn't know until, until we opened our mouth, you know, when, with Trenton, you know, I, I shared my faith with him, we started studying, but it wasn't easy, you know, like, there were certain times where he just wasn't ready, and that discouraged me, but then I got encouraged by Jesus, because I remembered what he did, you know, and I think God does the heavy lifting, all we got to do is put ourselves out there, all we got to do is act on faith, and he'll literally do the rest, um, you know, you guys are incredible servants. You guys love family. You know, I've been so excited for the summer to just go out to the lake and make a bonfire and go canoeing and go kayaking and just go camping and, 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 and play sports and, and connect over, over coffee with multiple of you guys this summer. But I'm, I'm also excited to get radical with you guys this summer. I'm also excited to see you guys come out of your comfort zone and be like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but Brandon, we're going to do it together. I'll be right with you. You know, don't worry. You know, um, Jared was on campus, and one of the brothers was like, 
right, Jared, it's your turn to share with this guy. And Jared was like, all right, I got to do it. Thanks for putting me on the spot. I'm going to do it. You know, and, and that's the kind of relationships that we can have in the kingdom. Sharpening, inspiring, like calling each other higher kind of relationships. The world doesn't know what that is. It's so different. It's so otherworldly. No, but I want, as I close up here, I want to just encourage you guys and give you the challenge and the push to, to face your fears with, and doubts with actions that force you to overcome them. So write down the things you're afraid to do and say, what can I do that's going to help me overcome this fear? Just write it down. You know, it's, it's different for everybody. Act immediately when the Spirit puts something on your heart, number two. If the Spirit's telling you to, to give to the poor, give to the poor. If the Spirit's telling you to pray with a brother, call him up and pray. You know, I just want to lift up Glenn. He's helped me to, to use my phone more to call people. You know, we can't always connect. So sometimes when life is crazy, he calls me. And sometimes I look at his number and I'm like, oh, it's Glenn. I got to pick up. But I really don't want to because he's going to call me higher, you know, in some area. But that's good for me, you know. That's good for each other. You know, I, I called Tony last night and we prayed. And when, the spirit was moving, and we really just fill both of our hearts with faith. You know, use our phones to call each other, set up times to meet for lunch with each other, because that's what the family of Christ, that's what we do. Act immediately. You know, engage in helping to reconcile other people. Uh, you know, me and uh, Ignatius and, and John in the back, we, we got together yesterday and just cracked open the word for a little bit, and it was just an incredible, incredible time to do that. And so, we're not promised tomorrow. All we have is today. Let's have godly sorrow, which leads us towards repentance in the sin of not engaging with others to know God. Most of the time, us not setting up a Bible study with a friend, or somebody we meet, most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, it's due to a sinful reason. It's because we're not thinking about Jesus. And we're not thinking about the hope that of heaven that they need to have. No, let's repent of our sin of selfishness. Let's repent of our sin of being internal and let's learn to be external like Jesus was. You know, what you have is too valuable not to keep to yourself. Amen. You have a treasure. You have the cure to cancer. You have the secrets to the kingdom of heaven right here. And God has called you to be a prophet. Not, not your friend, not your husband, not your wife, not, not your ministry leader, or your family group leader. He's called all of us in this room to be prophets and prophetess for him. Amen. He wants us to tell the truth to people, even if it's scary. You know, I'll, I'll close with this last acronym, and Tim will laugh at me for this. But um, we learned this thing in, uh, in sales. It's called um, ABC. You know, has anybody ever heard the acronym? It, it stands for Always Be Closing. You know, and uh, Seth trained us with that, too. Um, you're always closing, right, in sales. But in God's kingdom, it's we're ABC, always be casting. Always cast the seeds out. Always share with, with those that you don't know. Always give people a chance because you never know what God's going to do. Scatter the seeds. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Always be casting. You know, today is the day of salvation. Today, God wants to put it on your heart to share God's word with somebody. 
Who are you going to cast up that net to? Who are you going to share your faith with? You know, I just want to inspire you from a distant land how our brothers and sisters are doing in Atlanta. They're doing incredible things, but God wants to use us to do incredible things too. You know, if you're not right with God today, get in Bible studies. Set those up. If, if you don't know where you are with God, if you think you're good but you just feel flat, set up a time to say, let's get in the Bible. Let's memorize scripture together. What's our memory scripture this week? You know, what, what can we be praying for this week? You know, something we did is we just sat together in a room and we looked at different topics of the Bible and we said, the word of God, what are all the scriptures you know about the word of God? Just type them up, put them on the board. All right, Jesus, what are all the scriptures about Jesus? Let's just put them on the board. You know, what are all the scriptures about sin? Let's just put them on the board and then let's use those scriptures and share them with people and help them know Christ. No, we don't, we don't have to know all the studies. We don't have to, you know, always have someone helping us. As long as we have the Bible, we can help people know God. You know, I want to I encourage you to, to remember that God wants to use you now. So now is the time to reconcile. Let's go to God in prayer.